Welcome to the Digital Aircraft Secrets Podcast. I'm Mark Schultz, your host. Aviation Professionals for Digital Aircraft Operations is a forum created to help our industry to progress forward into the full implementation of digital transformation and digital systems. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. It's Mark Schultz here, and we're here for another edition of Recovery in Aviation. And today we're going to be talking about digital transformation. We're going to be talking about data, structured data, um, why that's so important within your business and applications that leverage that within aviation aerospace. Stand by. I got a great guest and we're going to have Q&A as part of the discussion today. Hey, welcome, Thanos. Good afternoon from my side, anyways. Uh, yeah, in my time zone. <laughs> are you, sir? Yeah, Thanos. Where are you coming to from today? Toronto. Toronto. Okay. East, Thanos is Eastern the, time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Thanos is the C president and CEO of Aerosoft, and we're going to be talking a little bit about today about uh, uh, digital transformation, about content management, and subjects that I know are really uh, interesting to all of you out there today. And we are going to have some live Q and A, and so um, I want to invite you to. Uh, submit your questions to us today. Let me first start off by saying what I tell everybody all the time is, would you please consider sharing this broadcast? On the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, there's an arrow which allows you to share the broadcast and helps us to get the word out. And then in addition to that, down on the bottom, there is a comment box. And in that comment box, you can submit your questions as part of our conversation today. We would really like for you to be part of this conversation, not just listening. So we'd love for you to engage. Hey, Thanos, the, the way I like to start out with people is I just asked you where you were, and you said you're in uh, Toronto today, right? Correct. Okay, excellent. And um, I like to know where people are that are watching the broadcast all around the world. And so if you're watching the broadcast today, would you help us out? And uh, just in the comments, just say hi down below. Tell us where you are and uh, tell us uh, you know, where you're located. We'd like to know where you are. And, um, and then when the time comes... Put in your questions, and we'd like to have some conversation with you about uh, digital today, about digital transformation. Hey, Thanos, let's get started here. Um, uh, I know you've been in digital, and you've been doing structured uh, data and content management for many, many years. Thanos, how long has it been for you? How long have you been working on uh, digital in aviation? Well, um, it, it will disclose my age. Since January 6, 1992. 1992. All right. Okay. So you got a couple of years of experience doing this. And that's why Thanos is on the uh, the broadcast with us today is because, you know, I want to leverage his knowledge of what's happened over the years and uh, and how we can um, have a conversation uh, about um, how you can implement digital and digital transformation within your business. Hey, we got some people that are joining us here. I got Brian Jacobs from Irvine from California. Welcome, Brian. Glad to have you uh, on board with us. Um, and if other people are out there, um, you know, uh, just give us a shout out and let us know where you are. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, and uh, so thanks for joining us today, Brian. Hey, Thanos, um, let's kind of go back a little bit to, uh, to digital. Um, I've always told people that one of the really important things about um, implementation of successful digital in their organization is having a vision about where they're going and what they want to do. Can we talk a little bit about from your perspective, Thanos, there are so many different types of systems and solutions that a person could have. How does somebody go about resolving that and deciding what they want to do or what kind of systems that they need? 
What's your thought process on how you go about doing that, you know, with a customer? Well, obviously, we we promote our own solutions. But when I when I look at the at the history of of how I've learned uh, and established myself in the domain, the the value of digital structured content was first recognized by the manufacturers, the OEMs, the Boeing's, Airbuses, and and subsequently Bombardiers and Embraers in generating the content that would support the the maintenance of the aircraft in the field. And regardless of what form they actually delivered uh, the, the material, believe it or not, early systems were digital, what I call in-house at the manufacturers, but they were delivering paper to their customers. Then in the next generation, they started delivering the content in CD-ROMs. So that all of a sudden became uh, synonymous with, oh, well, electronic data, electronic uh, information, uh, saving on paper waste and, and, and so on and so forth. Yes, that, that provided the first step of efficiencies uh, in, in moving, let's say, from paper to CD-ROM-based viewers and stuff like that. But it only scratched the surface. And in some cases, it created problems in actually truly having reusable structured digital content at the consuming end of, of uh, maintenance information, which is the airlines and, and the MROs, whether they're in-house or external. And uh, so it's very important to, when, when we are dealing uh, at the prospecting phase with a customer, first to establish how they do the business today. And the reality is we're going to find models that are, probably 20 years back in, in the concepts of technology. Yes, they may be using the latest release of FrameMaker or, or Microsoft Word in authoring their job cards. But at the same time, they could be on one window selecting cut and paste from a PDF deliverable from the OEM and pasting it inside their job card and then going and deleting all the hard carriage returns in one and one. And they call that digital. That is not digital structured reuse of data in any shape or form. And yet that is very much the reality out there, I assure you, in hundreds of airlines in the world, okay? Yeah, Thanos, you know, so, one, of the, one of the big problems that we have that I see is, is that we have, um, we have lots of different ages and generations of data, okay? We have lots of different aircraft types out there, mixed fleets. And then on top of that, every customer out there you know, every business has a different IT portfolio, right? And so the challenge ends up being is, is that how do you cast a vision for the future when there's so many changing variables or com complex variables around you? Like Thanos, let me boil it down. Is that if I found that I was operating, you know, multiple aircraft types and, uh, and I had many different like ages of data, structured data, unstructured data, and I said, I want to go with digital task cards, okay? Where do I start? How do I start to unwind that and create an environment that is capable of delivering, you know, um, digital intelligent task cards when I have such a complex environment? Well, in what, there's a perspective that needs to be also uh, kept in in uh, in view here at the center. We can have large discussions, intellectual or otherwise, at IT level, uh, at maintenance management level, about uh, applications, solutions, standards. We can have a battle between iSpec 2200 and S1000D. Frankly, mechanics don't give 
much credence to any of that. What they're interested in is having accurate information in front of them in order to execute the maintenance in a compliant manner without a doubt. And then the people that prepare all that work need to have that information in a way that is reusable, structurable, and, and to aid in the planning and the cost management and so on of the, of the MRO process. So I think the overall perspective always needs to take into account how is the information in the end going to be used? And there is no doubt people in, in my lifetime and beyond will still want to see a task of an AMM. They will want to see an IPC page. They will want to see a job card to follow the steps and, and digitally sign them off. That's fine. Or capture part removed and, and part install type in, in a card which flies back and, and takes compliance against the MRO system and updates the aircraft configuration and so on. But in the end, what I just described in, in five seconds or 10 seconds is what needs to be accomplished. And then you got to work back to, okay, what have you got in place today? And that can vary a lot because of diversity of fleet, it can vary a lot because of diversity of technology platforms and generations and then applications. And there are applications that have been in-house built for a long, long time, and they are absolutely cherished by, cherished by some of the largest uh, operators in the world. And then there are obviously uh, commercial available applications in, in maintenance management and in content management and so on. And you superimpose on those then standards, standards of um, of ATA and, and standards in technology that, you know, evolve over time to take advantages and, and to, in the end, to save money and improve ability to show compliance to regulations. Yeah. So Thanos, um, if I were to jump to the end of that process for a minute, you, you've just identified so many you know, complicating factors. And I'm sitting there, you know, as a consumer out there and I'm saying, what do I do with all this? You know, how do uh, I do this? Right? I, I have to interrupt you there. I, uh, those that know me in the industry, I've attended endless seminars and I recall very much in, in one of them, I asked a question and, and the people reached me after the, uh, after the question when, when the break was and I said, Thanos, do you have to make it so complicated? We're trying to sell systems here. Well, the reality is, it is complicated. Our world is very, very complicated, and I think yeah. it's dishonest to to tell people that on a Saturday night, just because you have cloud, you're gonna go magic from from a what I call uh, organized mess to absolute control, and everything will be peachy, and and you know, and now because everything is running on the cloud, you will have no problems, and those are. Or, or, you know, because you're using it at an Android versus an I, iPad, you know, that really differentiates what it's all about. It is not like that. It's far, far more complex. It requires a lot more analysis and investments in business processes and data that are in there. And then provide a transitional process by which you can move to the new brave world for the benefits it will bring forward. Well, Thanos, I, th I think that's the ticket right there is, is that, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. It is complicated. Okay. And so I think that's one of the big challenges that I've seen over the years is that people get paralyzed because they don't know really what to do. It's there's so many complicating factors. We have old systems and complicated data and new systems and lack of integrations and different standards and all those things that you talked about. 
And so for a minute, let's maybe break it down a little bit. Um, pause for a quick second and say, I still have people that are continuing to join. I really, I thank you for joining. I welcome your questions. Um, and uh, you can continue to tell us where you're coming in from. Um, I have uh, David uh, Williamson coming in from uh, SEZ Aerospace. Welcome, David, and some others out there. We really appreciate you joining the broadcast today. But let me just for a minute say, whether you're an OEM or whether you're an aerospace vendor, supplier, manufacturer, or let's say you're an airline operator, okay? Let's take the airline operator case for a minute, okay? So let's just say that you want to be able to have mobile task cards. You want to be able to put a mobile task card in the hands of your mechanic that is effectivity driven and is efficient and it only delivers him the information that he's looking for to be able to execute you know, the tasks that have been assigned to him, okay? So Thanos, how do I work backwards from that? It's so complicated. How do I say that's all I want to do? And I, I oversimplified it on purpose, saying that's all I want to do, okay? How does somebody tackle that? Where do they start? What in the world do they even do, Thanos? Well, you, you threw in a very, very key word in your requirement. You said effectivity-driven. Oh. And, and that, for example, is the go-no-go. There's, there are applications out there that have taken PDF content and piped it down to iPads, okay? In addition to the communication costs and speeds and feeds and, and disasters involved in sending complete, let's say, uh, monolithic type uh, packages, the one thing you cannot do on something that's image of paper is what I call effectivity resolution. When you cast something to PDF, you've cast it. It is, it is content, it is searchable, it can have links, but it is all the link. With effectivity resolution, uh, what it means in our world and applicability to the S1000 world means show me only the part that's installed, show me only the job card that is applicable to this aircraft at this point in time because it has accomplished certain service bulletins or it has not accomplished certain service bulletins or it's in this range of serial numbers uh, which are pre one mod or post another mod and so on. Typically the manuals as they're issued by the OEMs and depending on the OEM, some of them will, will generate you even in digital content, they will send you SGML content that has effectivity statements. Some of them will send them for your fleet. Some of them will send them for the entire production range up to that point in time. So you need technology, first of all, to select the ones that you have, number one. Number two, simple step, but at least reflect the data in terms of the regos. The OEM doesn't know the registration numbers that you've got on your aircraft, only you know it, right? And then, you only, you as in the airline or MRO, know the which SBs have been installed, which haven't, which are in the process and so on. And all that information needs to be played and then show the person that needs to see the information, the task that's applicable to the aircraft that has just pulled in a hangar. And it may be one of 300 aircraft that's in the process of having one single SB applied, which will take 90 days across the fleet. So the same aircraft could come two weeks in a row for a phase day or a phase C check. And one day it could be pre-SB and you'll do the other scheduled tasks. And three weeks later, it'll be post-SB. And, and then some of those tasks will be different because now you've implemented the SP in between on one of the other nights. And the system needs to actually show them 
only the effective information. So effectivity yeah. is very key. The other issue behind your requirement, I could make it more stringent, yeah. is revision updates. When you're talking about mobility and communications and so on, in addition to requiring data on the device that is, first of all, interactive, the ability to catch things from the keyboard or screen, in addition to the stuff that's being delivered, it needs to be very efficient in the way you get the data to and then data back from the device. So XML, HTML content is much more efficient in being sent back and forth, but it's also very important to have a very strong revision and distribution model. If you're sending the AMM and it's only had 10 tasks updated, you do not want to have to send 20,000 tasks, even though they are XML. You want to be able to send the 10 tasks that have been updated in this revision because that'll take a fraction of the communication time and costs involved. So. Yeah. So, Thanos, um, uh, I wanted to, for a minute, uh, relate that to we have a person out there, David Williamson, who um, obviously he's thinking about, um, you know, defense operations. He's thinking about um, uh, military contractors. And he's asked, how does this fit into the government, you know, contract world? Um, and, and process standards. And so, you know, um, one of the things that I tell people when we talk about this is that I have worked with a lot of uh, defense contractors and with, uh, with military aircraft. And, you know, the, the terms that we use in commercial aviation, you know, are very similar to that which they use um, in uh, military, only you may call it a task order or you may call it depot maintenance or you may call it line maintenance, you know, and, um, but the challenges are really the same. Is, is that I, you know, I, a lot of you know that I used to work at Boeing and, um, you know, I sat in meetings at Boeing where aircraft were already manufactured and being delivered. And we talked about how do we manage and maintain configuration control moving forward. And so, you know, the challenge is, is not exclusive to commercial aircraft or, or exclusive to military aircraft. The problem is really exactly the same. You know, David, if I can just speak to you specifically, is, is that, you know, we have this challenge of having data, which is generally applicable across, you know, a full range of serial numbers and aircraft types. And the problem many times ends up being is, is that the, the information is not delivered, you know, effectivity specific, number one. And then as the aircraft are modified over time, the Thanos was talking about this, is, is that we don't end up having real-time update of the aircraft configuration, like Thanos said, you know, pre-service bulletin or post-service bulletin. What is the current, you know, as flying configuration of the aircraft right now? And so without having intelligent data, all right, so let's go back to the beginning. If you really want to have intelligent data and you want to have efficient maintenance environments, all right, and if you want to be able to update the aircraft configuration more automatically, all right, we have to have intelligent content. We can't take a PDF document and throw it out there and expect the PDF document that has no substance or structure to it to be able to update uh, an aircraft configuration database on what the current configuration is. Many times those are manual entries that are entered in by clerks, by people that are administratively entering the configuration of an aircraft from the paper you know, records. So Thanos, is it, let's address that. Is, is it how do you move from an environment where people are having to update things manually into one where it can be accomplished more automatically. What's the underlying foundation and infrastructure that's necessary to be able to move to that place? Well, you need to have 
just a, a sidebar, the, the ISPEC 2200 standard, for example, we use in civil aviation is definitely derivative from the CALS compliance standards and, S, and the SGML structures that military used to use. But I'm not a military standards expert, far from it, okay? Uh, in, in talking about what do you need to have to move away from uh, the people in the second floor keyboarding three days later the uh, dirty fingerprint job cards in, into a system to one that is real time, you need to have both worlds to sort of come together. You need to connect the MRO, the maintenance management system, with a digital content management system number one. And number two is the technology that's in front of the user uh, uh, which executes the maintenance, let's say mobility technology that uh, first receives a, a card or, or a set of cards and then requires digital sign-off and, and perhaps additional information capture vis-a-vis uh, part number on, part number off, and so on. And that data then is uploaded back up to the uh, server environment and then gets shared accordingly uh, back to the MRO system to be able to take the compliance and the CMS system to create the record of proving that that, that activity has taken down the road to, to be able to prove accomplishment of, of a particular check or, 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 uh, or an ID compliance and so on. So you need to you need to do the integration of the systems, number one. And number two is you need to you need to decide the division of labor, I call it. You know, who sends the work package to where and how and so on, and who passes the data between the CMS and the MRO and vice versa. I'll give you one example. The uh, the CMS environment maintains the data in XML and uh, moves it to uh, uh, let's say um, uh, can pass it over to the uh, MRO system, which can send the information to a digital uh, uh, to a to an output device that can be consumed by the mechanic, or you can have the MRO system send the request. I want the this set of cards of this package, and the CMS system then can assemble them and can blend them be, with the visit-specific information, which which inevitably the MRO system manages, and then itself it sends it to the device uh, or even a printer. I mean, many systems still send them to printers today. Okay, so Thanos, um, I can just go to the manufacturer and get structured data, or I can't get structured data. You know, if the process starts with, you know, structured data in a content management system, is the structured data, data available today? The data is available. The challenge is in dovetailing the OEM content. It has price points and, and variations and standards and so on that all need to come into the table in the calculus. But more importantly, it's, it's, it's very uh, significant to know what are the current investments? What does the existing data look like today? especially in items that are heavily revised at airlines and MROs, and job cards are the, the top item that comes to, to mind. And therefore, how are you going to dovetail in an ongoing basis the incoming digital data stream with the existing data stream at the airline or MRO? And then how are you going to transition them so that ultimately their content is 
100% according to the newer standards, be it XML, be it uh, whatever, okay? Yeah, all right, so, so we get data, but I understand that sometimes the data uh, might not be in the exact form we need, or there might be some issues or problems with it. And I've seen this happen over the years. I've worked with lots of different manufacturers over the years. And Thanos is that a lot of our airplanes operating out there today are, you know, 20 or 30 years old. Some are only a couple of years old, but the quality and the, and the consistency of data, you know, evolves over time, right? And so if I'm operating some airplanes that are 10 years old and some that are one year old, I get variations of data type coming into my system, right? Well, uh, absolutely. Typically, when a manufacturer announces an aircraft, they also adopt the standard by which they will be issuing its documentation. So they will say, we are issuing it according to ATA ISPEC 2200 uh, and, and revision, let's say, 30, right? Uh, but over 30 years, that content that revision version of the ata standard evolves and some manufacturers follow it and upgrade the content to some extent and, and some stand behind and then standards change substantially like uh, as as has been the the introduction of s1000d as the newer standard for let's say a b8787 and an a350 and a220 which create a break in continuity. It's not just another revision of iSpec, it's a dramatically different standard, which, and in itself it has its revisions, and those create also challenges when you have a mixed fleet. If you have a mixed fleet of 777, 87, uh, 320, 350, and A220, I assure you the, the complexity of the CMS systems or system and its various databases you will have is is very very substantial. Yeah. So so Thanos says it. Why can't you why can't you just manage that kind of data in a file system or use Microsoft Word or you know what, what what's the difference? Why do I have to have something as sophisticated as a content management? Well, the, the scary part is that in fact many have attempted uh, early implementations of systems. Even we're actually doing things in, in a file system number one. And number two is uh, several in-house systems have been in that manner. Um, first of all, um, databases by their nature have all the aspects of uh, defining the models and, and, the, uh, and the security and the interrelationship of the elements. And with digital data, you have only not, not only the data that you actually get to see and use, but you also have a, a background dimension known as metadata, which is very critical information vis-a-vis -vis why has that data, for example, been changed and when and by whom and so on. And that becomes uh, integral in the overall digital database that at any point in time says, yes, we display to the mechanic, uh, the job job card ABC of revision 62 uh, of the AMM and, and, you know, 47 of the MPD. And we changed it because of this change authority. And that's why the information is or was at that level. Okay. And that information, by the way, needs to be kept and archived for at least 10 years. Uh, beyond the actual date that that information was used in maintaining an aircraft. Yeah. So, so 
maintaining history of that is important. All right. Okay. So Thanos, we're going to kind of, we're kind of going to kind of narrow this down here right now in that what we wanted to talk about today was the foundations that were required in order to be able to put a baseline capability in place for future or for current today um, applications. All right. And so um, next week, um, I'm going to give you a little preview. Next week, we're going to talk about business problems that are being solved um, specifically like work cards or, you know, um, or revision management or, uh, or actually um, how people go about managing and customizing data according to their specific needs. But in order to be able to do that, we found over time that, um, that we need a baseline foundation of intelligent data and a place to be able to manage that. So we need to be able to get data from the manufacturer. We need to be able to put it into a content management system. It needs to be able to be um, to be able to be processed against previous revisions and manufacturer and um, specific operator changes. And we then have the ability to be able to establish connections and integrations and repurpose that data back out into other systems. So that's really the crux of what we're talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, I'm just going to bring up one more question here that was brought up. I think it's a great question. Uh, David Williamson keeps asking us good questions. He asked one here about, um, you know, other support systems. Like, for example, we're talking a bit about um, aircraft maintenance and how structured data is being used for aircraft maintenance. Have you seen structured data being used for ground support equipment or for other applications within aircraft maintenance and support? Well, I've certainly seen it in the flight operations side, yeah. for sure. It's a big, complex world and so on. Um, in, uh, in GAC, and in, in testing and so on, there are uh, some uh, manuals that I've seen that's available. Typically, uh, the OEMs that I've dealt with generate those more in PDF than they do in, in structured content, but they may be available for some aircraft type. Well, but Thanos, is it also, I think I've heard you tell in the past in some of our previous broadcasts that even though you may have a hybrid environment of data, you may have structured data, you may have PDF and different things like that, is, is that um, a content management system can give you a centralized environment where you can mix that data, right? Where you yes. can have some structured data, some PDF, you can insert data, and the end result is, is that you can repurpose that data in more sophisticated ways from that hybrid data set, right? It's not only that you can, it's you must. It is inescapable. You cannot create a manageable transition from what the airline has to where the airline should get to if your CMS system cannot accommodate the, the world of PDF, I call it, with the world of XML. And it has to combine the two, not just in at document level, but at insert level, for example, you can have an AMM that's in effectively in XML, but in between it can have supplements and amendments of the airline that originally authored in an application like FrameMaker, but they've been cast into PDF and they are inserted between the, the pieces of XML. And when it's all generated into the IETP, you view the valid XML and then you view the applicable supplement or amendment. And over time, the airlines convert some of that content to be native XML content so that it dovetails more efficiently with the future revisions of the OEM content. 
Yeah. So, Thanos, a number of years ago, it's been quite a while ago, but I used to manage a technical publications organization at an airline. Okay. And I don't know, I think we had 15,000 vendors or something like that. And uh, no, CMMs. Yeah. yeah. No, there was, there was, there was 15,000 manuals and there was 5,000 vendors or something like that. It was a long time ago. But anyway, the point was, is that we had a lot of different types of data to be able to manage. Right. And, and the system was required to be able to handle all those different forms and types of data. All right. And it wouldn't be possible to efficiently do that without having sophisticated, you know, systems. And so to answer that question specifically, I'd like to say that, that uh, we live in a hybrid world. We are going to live in a hybrid world for many, many years. And so it's important for us to be able to take in different kinds of data, to be able to modify, change, and manage different uh, types of data, and then to be able to repurpose them. And so I would very much say that like even in a ground, um, a ground equipment operation or any operation which has mixed data form types, that having a content management system gives you the ability to more efficiently manage that because you're going to have you know, some structured data, some unstructured data, and a lot of different inputs and outputs that are coming out of that system. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Well, listen, um, uh, this is pretty much the things that we wanted to talk about today. We've been online for about 32 minutes here today, and uh, we wanted to basically bring up a foundation and discussion about content management and about structured data and what the baselines are for being able to create a more sophisticated, efficient future with digital. Um, next week, we're going to talk about some of the applications on uh, uh, the business problems, actually, that are being solved by advanced digital data. And then over the next couple of weeks, we're going to actually move into how do we actually affect and implement those things, and then talk about some specific applications that are in the industry. If you'd like to be on the list and be notified of the broadcasts that we're doing in the upcoming broadcasts, there's a URL going by on the screen right now. It's solutions.digitalaircraft.org. And specifically, Thanos has agreed for the month of March to be able to be part of broadcasts with me where we talk about this challenge. And on the 16th, 23rd, and 30th, we're going to have additional um, uh, broadcasts that we do where we talk about digital transformation and how to effectively implement advanced solutions within your organization. Our goal is to be able to help people become more and more familiar with this, what other people are doing, how they're achieving success, and how you can accelerate and achieve some of the efficiencies that you're looking for in your organization. All of us are looking for how to be successful in digital, and digital transformation in the aviation aerospace industry has lagged behind some, and we're trying to help people to be successful in accelerating that within our industry. Thanos, I thank you so much for being part of this broadcast today. I really appreciate your knowledge and expertise and what it brings to the table in these conversations. Thank you, Mark. See you next week. Yep, great. Very good. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you being here. I'll sign off by saying fair winds and following seas. And thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next week at 1030 Pacific, 130 Eastern, as we continue this conversation. Thank you and have a great day. Bye. Hey, wait, don't go away yet. We have a lot more interesting information to come. Hey, I really appreciate you watching this broadcast, but in order for us to continue to bring this to you free, we have sponsors. I'd really appreciate it if you would just listen to our sponsor and then we'll get right back to the podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Digital Aircraft Secrets podcast. Digital Aircraft exists to promote safe and efficient worldwide air transport 
Aviation connects the world. Aviation connects us as people. Join the conversation on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook at hashtag digital aircraft. Let's help the aviation industry be a thriving place for all of us to reach our dreams.